Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Mablick and uh, this is the fourth podcast uh, in the series. Today I want to talk to somebody who's been working from home for a very long time about what it is to work from home as a, as a, as a business person, as a sole trader, as a consultant. I'm talking to Leo Angelo Fisher. Leo's been a freelance journalist uh, for a very long time, but he's worked for various organisations in the past. He's also a commentator. He has a blog online, which I'm sure he'll tell us about in the next little while. Leo and I will be talking about how we both manage the the home working arrangement and also what works and what doesn't. Leo, thank you for joining me today. Hello, Tom. A pleasure. Now, when was the last time you worked full-time in an office with colleagues around you? Um, I was uh, formerly with uh, Fairfax, and I left Fairfax in 2014, and that was during um, a period of redundancies, and... Uh, I I took an early redundancy after 10 years with Fairfax. I I was with um, BRW Magazine and I was also a columnist with uh, the Financial Review and uh, I have been freelancing since 2014, so six years. That's a fairly substantial time. Um, What are the differences that you noticed when you first... Um, started to set yourself up working from home because it is different, isn't it? Oh, very much so, Tom. I think the um, uh, and 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 certainly you will have had this experience uh, or, or observation as well. But the very big difference, particularly as a journalist working on a news floor, is that absence of having colleagues around you where there's. Um, spontaneous conversations about news of the day or or, um, uh, where you can talk with colleagues who have had dealings with um, someone you're just about to interview or or write about. So it's that um, constant presence of of, um, colleagues that can provide uh, knowledge, context, um, and, and, and just that ability to be able to discuss issues as, as they arise, um, that ends when, when you're working on your own. Now, of course, you can contact these people, you can um, maintain those contacts, but in terms of spontaneous and immediate uh, discussions that, that, that happen in the newsroom or, or interactions that occur between colleagues, uh, that stops. And, and so that's a very big difference when you find yourself um, working uh, as a solo operator, uh, remote from um, a place of work. What you've also highlighted there is um, uh, the absence of the corporate memory that you can consult. I mean, I know this point I'm about to make is a little tangential, but when you remove yourself from a newsroom, Whatever the circumstances, um, your corporate memory also departs. Exactly right. So I have been a journalist for 30-something years and 
I know that e- e- even now when I'm working on stories, that it's not only the immediate research that I'm able to do, but I have recollections of uh, uh, past events, um, um, things that uh, uh, people have said in the past or have been uh, involved in the news previously. Uh, that That's just a knowledge that sits there and, and one is not always aware of just how much corporate knowledge one uh, accrues over the years, but it's that knowledge that when you're uh, in, in a newsroom environment that uh, uh, free is freely exchanged between colleagues. And so the fact that I might have a particular expertise in, in, a, in a particular industry or a particular group of companies or individuals uh, of, of uh, uh, some note, that I, I will have that background that I'm able to provide to others. Now, as soon as I go, um, that knowledge is out there, but it has to be sought out. Um, um, d- different uh, occurrences from the past aren't immediately obvious when, when um, you're, you're embarking on a story without that background. Um, but if the, the, the colleague sitting next to me says, oh, I'm just about to do a story on, on, on Joe X, um, well, I can say, oh, Joe X, yes, I spoke to him a few years ago, and, and this and that tra- transpired. Now, that sort of immediate, spontaneous knowledge um, goes when uh, goes with me. And, and so um, that is also um, the, the, the case in uh, most working environments, I think, Tom. So um, when that corporate knowledge goes, it's just um, readily accessible information and experience that um, is no longer present. Um, and I think it's fair to say that occasionally when I read uh, a, a story that's come out of depleted newsrooms, I sometimes see that absence of uh, background knowledge or, or, or history, if you like, um, because those discussions are no longer happening in a newsroom that might have 100 people. It, it, it might be a newsroom of uh, 15 people now. Um, so even within a newsroom context, there is change happening. But once you're working on your own, um, you, you, you no longer have that access to um, spontaneous sources of information. I guess there's a further question in that on the bane that we've tapped, and that is, is corporate memory, is corporate knowledge, is an institutional memory undervalued today? Absolutely undervalued, and 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 it's um, lip service has been given to it in in the past. Uh, uh, there's been an understanding of the need to um, collect knowledge and 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 to be able to distribute that knowledge. Um, uh, you know, the so-called uh, uh, th- th- there was a time when it was fashionable to have knowledge managers and, and knowledge technologies, and, and uh, but really, in the end, you're, you're talking about uh, people who possess that 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 very practical on the ground experience. And what a lot of companies um, undervalue, especially at this time of constant cost cutting and, and resource cutting, what they undervalue is is um, 
the, the, not, not only the expertise and capabilities of an individual who has been there for some time, but the knowledge that that person possesses. And, you know, there, there, there are some things that you simply can't um, entrust to, uh, 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 you know, a, a knowledge process where, where you're somehow collecting this knowledge um, for, for dissemination. Um, uh, it, it, it doesn't work that readily. Really, the, 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 the best exchange of knowledge can happen between people and, and, uh, um, and, and through discussion and, and, and through uh, the comparison of different experiences. Um, now, that all goes. And, and I think when... when um, I mean, it used to be, for example, Tom, uh, and again, you'll be aware of this, but there'd always be in any organisation, not, not just a media organisation, but there'd be old hands um, available who, who had been with the company for years and years and they'd be in a corner office and, and uh, um, they were there to, um, to mentor, they were there to, um, um, to be able to reflect on their experiences of the past and, and that, that when... when, when organizations were fuller, if you like, those sorts of experienced people who, who were on hand contributed a great deal to that dissemination of knowledge. But once organizations get um, cut back as, as, as mercilessly as they have been in the last 10, 15 years, um, a lot of those people are the first to go. And, and uh, so you have some very uh, qualified um, young people on board, but you no longer have those uh, old hands around to provide that depth of experience. And uh, that's a missing component in many organisations today, and it's especially missing when you suddenly find yourself uh, working from home uh, away from, from that personal interaction. Okay, now if we go back to... Um, the point at which you lead that environment where you've got a collegiate space, you've got all this knowledge and you've got human contact, uh, which is a bit of an issue in the days of coronavirus, um, and, and you go into your own space, how did you set yourself up six years ago? What did you do? Well... I, I suppose I had the benefit of experience and I know where the information I need resides. Um, so that's an advantage I had in that, uh, yes, that, that spontaneous communication was no longer happening, that collegiality was no longer happening, but in terms of the stories that I needed to write or commentary or opinion pieces that I needed to write, um, the reality is today that that um, if you have that uh, research ability or, or or even that awareness of the importance of, of properly researching an item, um, you have that experience and expertise to know where to look for that information. So, I I had I, I suppose it 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 boils down to this, Tom. I had the benefit of experience and. Um, I think for someone who's been in the workforce for, say, uh, a few years, let's say, um, that person is probably going to be 
feeling the impact of, 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 of not having colleagues to immediately access, um, to be able to exchange opinions. So th they would probably feel that, that um, suddenly solitary environment much more keenly than, than, than someone who is able to use his or her knowledge and experience and expertise to, to, to be able to harness the information required for that story to be written. Yeah. So, experience, yeah, experience does, yeah, experience does something um, um, for people like you and I, which is we can we can be pretty much self-contained in areas that we fully understand. Uh, whereas somebody who's covering a collapse of a company, or is at a loss to understand what financial statements say will struggle if they're in a newsroom at a point in time where there is nobody that can help them interpret that information. They're stuck. That's right. That's right. And 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 it shows. Um, you know, inevitably it must it must show um, in in the, the, the their final output, whatever it might be, that that there there is a lacking component to it. Uh, um, you know, for someone writing about Company X, they, they, they might write about Company X uh, in the context of uh, uh, what, whatever development may have taken place over, over recent days or weeks. Um, but you and I might be aware that Company X uh, 10, 15 years ago was in a very similar situation or uh, went through a, a particular crisis or... Um, Things that, that, that boil down to, um, again, that, that personal knowledge and experience. And I suppose what happens is that, that, that if you are a younger um, person working from home suddenly, um, those resources that you took for granted as, as being always around you um, are suddenly not there, but you're, you're still required to produce whatever work is required. Um, and an additional problem may be that, that the manager you're reporting to likewise lacks that, that depth of knowledge or experience. So I suppose one of the problems is that um, uh, the wheel gets reinvented when it really need not be. Um, and that's one, one of the things that, that, that a workplace environment does is, is, is there are sort of inbuilt checks and balances so, so that... Um, uh, you're, you're never quite alone in, in, in the work that you're doing. Um, and I suppose an interesting thing post-coronavirus time is going to be um, how we look at work practices, um, how we're able to reflect on aspects of working in, a, in, in, a, in an office environment, have inbuilt benefits that, that, that perhaps um, aren't realised or haven't been realised uh, up until now. So yes, many companies are going to discover that that um, work can be done by remote employees, but is it the very best work that's going to be done? And and I think a lot of um, workplaces will now have to, or soon will have to think about um, the, the the benefits of having an office and continuing to pay uh, overheads to maintain that office. Um, um, are there benefits in, in maintaining that office rather than saying, oh, gosh, we've just discovered that um, we, we can continue to operate with uh, all our employees working remotely? 
Well, you, you've been you you've been around long enough uh, to have written about the the change in work environments, the removal of sort of offices and movements to open plan, and how people figured open plan would solve issues. Now we're in the middle of a coronavirus situation where there are some people who are saying, "Well, is open plan and hot desking going to be over?" It's a fascinating kind of dynamic. Um, how do you how do you see that at the moment? Uh, well, I I have certainly um, uh, railed against uh, hot desking and open plan offices for some time. Uh, I, I have to confess, but. Um, I, I think in the past, uh, employers have said, well, look, it's just more, it's, it's more cost effective for us to have uh, open plan offices and, and hot desking. Um, and many employees felt that, um, uh, that they, they weren't being uh, properly valued as employees by no longer having their their own desk, uh, which they could personalise, which, which they could uh, create as, as their safe working environment. Um, I mean, many empl uh, employees simply did not like hot desking um, and many employees um, did not like working in an open office environment, but it was basically uh, put to them that, that, that this is the new corporate norm. Now, it could be that um, as, as many business practices um, are reviewed over, over the next 12, 24 months, that reconsideration is given to providing employees with an office environment that is more conducive to uh, productivity, uh, more conducive to a feeling of self-worth. Maybe those things will be reviewed. It would be a great pity if after all this is over, we, we, we simply re, uh, re, revert to the way things were 12 months ago. I, I think that would be a shocking waste of an opportunity for employers to say, okay, what have we learned from this? How should we be treating our employees, irrespective of what it means for the cost of running an office uh, or, or a workplace? Um, what have we learned from, from this pandemic um, and, and the many things that have had to change temporarily? are these things that we should be looking at over a longer term. So if we simply go back to hot desking because it means an, an employer can save on uh, uh, the, the, the space that's required for that organisation, um, it, it's simply going to reinstitute um, um, uh, working environments that, that, that were demonstrably unpopular and, and presumably um, counterproductive. Now, we're... I'm, I'm mindful of the time, and you've been generous uh, enough to, to, to let me have a chat to you today. What are the things that work for Leo D'Angelo Fisher in terms of working from home? Are there are there pearls of wisdom that you're able to share with people listening who may be struggling right now? Well, I think one of the first things, Tom, is is that um, you really have to decide uh, what hours you want to work. Um, you can work from home on the basis that, that, that you do your work from, from nine to five or eight to five or whatever it might be. Um, or you might fall into the trap of, of saying, well, um, 
you know, I'll, I'll be distracted by this or I'll be distracted by that and, and I, I can always do that work uh, tonight, for example. Uh, and, you know, and suddenly you're, in fact, at work uh, uh, 24 hours a day, in effect, because you're not limiting um, your working time to a particular part of the day. Now, in my case, as it happens, um, um, I quite enjoy working through the night to meet a deadline. Now, I, I, I'm not troubled by that. But if that's a choice you make, that, that you're happy to have a fairly casual day on the basis that uh, uh, you're happy to work through the night, whatever that might mean to um, the, the, the structure of your day, well, that's fine. But but if you fall into that trap unintentionally, where, where, where it, you, you almost dismissively say, well, I, th I think I'll, I'll, I'll take a walk or do some exercise or, or rearrange my record collection and I'll, I'll do that later. Um, well, then that, that, I think, becomes a burden. That, that becomes a, a, a trap that um, uh, suddenly you find yourself uh, being on all the time. Um, and so I think the first piece of advice I would give is decide how you want to structure your working day. If, if you're going to be entirely happy taking advantage of working from home from the point of view that you can um, spread out your work over uh, the, the course of the day and night, that's fine if that's your conscious choice. But don't, don't fall into the trap of, of suddenly finding that, that um, uh, you're, you're having to work all sorts of impossible hours simply because you're not able to discipline yourself to uh, work to a more regular routine. So I think, firstly, I would say be aware of, of, of the hours that you want to work and the structure of your working day. Um, and secondly, I, I, I suppose, Tom, I, I, would, I would say that be aware that there are going to be distractions at, at home that, that simply don't exist in a workplace. And especially in this COVID-19 environment, uh, the kids won't be home or, or um, um, you know, it, 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 it's simply not an ideal working environment um, for all concerned, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, whatever. Um, so you, you have to have a strategy for how you deal with those moment-to-moment uh, -moment interruptions and, and, and uh, uh, you, you, you can't leave it to chance. You, you really have to be able to say, this is how I'm going to deal with working from home, surrounded by my kids and my pets and whatever. So I, I think it's be aware of the environment you're working in and, and adapt yourself to it. In terms of technology and the use of technology, is there anything that you've found useful that you think someone might benefit from? Um, almost certainly not, Tom. <laughs> I, I'm a, a card-carrying Luddite, and uh, I, I, I only use tech, the, the technology I need as opposed to being lured by um, gratuit, what I consider gratuitous technologies. And an example of that will be that um, um, now when I set up an interview, the, 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 the PR or the company concerned um, will, will want to set up a Zoom interview. Um, and my response to that is I don't Zoom. Um, um, you know, I've been doing phone interviews for the last 40 years on, on a voice-only basis, and, and those interviews have worked perfectly well uh, w w without the... Do you have a video conference, sir? 
No, no. Look, I, I, I think, I think voiced is sufficient. I, I, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 there are people I really don't need to see, and they don't need to see me rolling my eyes. Um, I, 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 I think. Um, I, I suppose I would say be wary of the the the, the, the trap of um, be wary of, of the trap of, of um, uh, being beguiled by technology just because it's available. Um, I think with technology, the question should be: uh, Will this technology help me do my job better? Will this technology um, improve my day, improve my outlook, improve my efficiency? If the answer is yes, well then by all means uh, invest in that technology. Um, but if the answer is well, actually this is not going to help me do the work I do in any way whatsoever, well, then that, that becomes uh, a, a piece of technology that uh, uh, becomes superfluous, really. So my advice is um, if, if you can get by uh, uh, with working patterns that have worked for you in the past, well, then stick to those. Um, if, if it's a technology for the sake of technology, um, it, it improves nothing. So, you know, I suppose there's a digital generation, Tom, and, and uh, um, you know, um, they, they, they would, might, might consider these things to be a, a, a natural way of doing business. But if, if that's not the way you operate, um, simply ask yourself, um, what do I need to do my job properly, effectively? Um, and and I, I, I think you should be guided by that. I, I certainly do. Again, well, you know, as I said, um, I'm mindful of the time and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to talk to you. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, they're obviously not going to get in touch with you via Zoom or via TikTok or anything fancy. Where would where would they be able to contact you uh, if they want to uh, chat with you further or there's a, there's a story they might want to commission you to write? Um, well, uh, look, certainly by, by uh, uh, LinkedIn is one option, but um, uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter, D'Angelo Fisher, for anyone who's looking for Twitter. Um, and uh, I, I, I certainly take DMs, so if anyone wants to contact me um, via Twitter, I, I'd, I'd most happily um, hear from them. Um, or Google me. I, I've noticed that my, my number appears um, here and there. But uh, through, through Twitter, Tom, would, would be a pretty safe way. Right, Leo, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate the, the fact you've taken the trouble to talk to me today. Um, and uh, we should talk again sometime. A great pleasure. Thanks very much, Tom. And thank you, and thank you to the audience for listening.